welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Lighty, and tonight we have with us another wonderful Chicago comic, Sonal Argawal. Hey, Sonal. What's up? Hey, Sonal, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Sonal Agarwal. That's how it's regionally pronounced. I guess uh, at home we say Sonal Agarwal, and then it's always a thing with the name, like... Am I pronouncing it correctly? It's like, there's no right or wrong. You know, there's just different. <laughs> it's very nice of you to say, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, there's di- because it's different It's different languages. So it's like I'm a word with you. different phonemes. So it's like, how do I say it is going to be different from how you say it. And I do, I mean, I think that's a big metaphor. There's no right or wrong. There's only forward, mm-hmm. you know, and learning. Is, that's, that's me. I'm a big learner. And I, I love learning and I end up on stage a lot doing stuff and now I've committed myself to the very serious task of being funny (laughs) and wow um yeah now I'm living in Chicago I'm living with my mom and dad that's great amount of material coming from there Mm -hmm. and um I've I've completely submerged myself into the world of stand-up comedy Nice. Yeah, I see you all over town, and uh, you work on the show Congrats on Your Success, right? Yes. Which is a wonderful show, recently featured on Easy. Oh my god. Yeah. Netflix, ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm excited to have you on the podcast, and I'm curious, what is your feelings about horror as a genre overall? Fascinating. Hmm, so you like them. I mean, you know, that's kind of, it's like the pain-pleasure paradox, mm-hmm. isn't it? Where it's like, it's just sensations and then how do we choose to translate them you know as like oh I like even the cold the Mm -hmm. cold is like one of my biggest motivators for why I traveled for so long because I was like no I really I really don't like this and it's almost funny to hear myself like oh it's so lovely outside today it's like this is still cold Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of thing with horror movies even I find it so hilarious also I mean I like scaring people I like hiding behind stuff and <laughs> popping out, you know, and it's like, haha, I got you, I scared you. Hello. We've hey. been attacked by cats multiple times yeah. already. We're only three minutes in. All these pauses <laughs> are like, Kristen's cats are so feral. It must be a full moon or something. It's actually not. It's No, that is not to climb on. That's a very thin <laughs> fabric cat. I'm a big I'm a big cat person. I usually encourage this kind of behavior, but yeah. it is very it disruptive to the podcast not, yeah, recording. It's not very professional, Shatara. And I definitely I get it. I get people that are like, I do not want to watch a scary movie. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's kind of. I mean, I would say it's similar with me with Breaking Bad, for example. I had to stop watching. That. I stopped watching because I'm like, I'm just not enjoying. Mm-hmm. This at all. There's nobody to root for, even. Yeah. I need someone to root for. Even if it's a crap character yeah. Yeah. to root for. Exactly. Like, who are we rooted for in the movie that we're going to talk about, you know? I think so much what I like about horror movies is the idea that you can see these incredibly difficult things, and then you learn to sit with them and just experience them as someone who is just viewing it and not be... like It's like you learn to separate things. Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, no, mm-hmm. I'm for sure when I was a kid, I would get wicked nightmares. Mm-hmm. Watch and even like um, Game of Thrones, that was just getting then into my all these layers of my consciousness where I'd be 
waking up and having these weird dreams, you know, and oh, I had to take a break after the red wedding. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is too much. You know what actually terrifies me is every time I try to watch Game of Thrones, I fall asleep. Oh, really? So, like, how so is fun. this, like, comforting to me? <laughs> but, well, or boring. Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just boring to you. I've gotten back into it recently and it is like you were saying where you get to sit with those sensations and move through them and you're like oh that was a that was a pretty especially now that I'm spending more time on um sets you know and like production and little I was I was in a movie for like a second last year what movie Uh, my friend's movie signature move it's like a indie film about a Pakistani girl who's living with her mom and she falls in love with uh, Lucha Libre Wrestling and a Mexican Girl. That sounds cool. It's so good. We'll have a so link good. for that in the write-up of the episode for you. I'm in the first, like, two seconds of the movie. And, um, you know, even that, just to be on the inside of that kind of production, I'm like, I'm never going to complain about anything that I see <laughs> ever again. This is so much work. If you're making bad stuff, you know, more power to you. It's all, we're all works in progress. It's all part of the artistic journey you know and it's fine it's fine not to like stuff yeah but I don't like stuff in a different way you know and I like stuff in now in a different way where I'm watching these ridiculous movies like Game of Thrones I'm like oh wow that was that was a really well shot head smashing the head in scene (laughs) I wonder (laughs) they really (laughs) captured it great directing (laughs) (laughs) instead of like also you get that visceral like I'm gonna throw up Mm-hmm. Now that was oh god oh it feels like my head's being smashed all over, but that's like that's so cool that a movie has the power to do that because it is just an image, and sounds moving on a screen mm-hmm. that you can get so emotionally and viscerally involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Mm. It'd have to be probably one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh yeah. I don't I don't remember chronology like that. I don't I'm pretty sure I saw those before I ever saw Candyman oh, for Candyman's example. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. But Candyman's definitely one of like I still cannot do the Candyman thing mm-hmm. in front of the mirror. <laughs> why? We're going to do it right after this episode. No god, please why? <laughs> why why take the risk? What if what if that was my end? <laughs> In this lifetime. Okay, we won't do <laughs> oh my god. It. And isn't that so incredible even like thinking about it cuz I probably saw that movie like 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know and it's like <gasps> no 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 just the idea of saying Candyman in the mirror three times don't do it or he'll appear and he'll kill you dead <laughs> kill you dead and so I don't remember if those came out that, that's an older movie than the yeah, Friday the 13th movies well um, I think Friday the 13th were 80s and Candyman might have been early 90s actually. okay so then I definitely saw Friday the 13th mm-hmm. before and we would have like these little middle school sleepovers saw the girl gang and we'd get together and like watch scary movies and then be like too scared to go to sleep so just keep mm-hmm. each other up until you would pass out type of thing oh that sounds fun have nightmares and I don't know torture each other into weird truth and truth or dare rituals <laughs> truth and dare I almost said you get truth and dare that sounds awesome uh, so for us tonight to talk about, Sonal chose The Descent. I'm really embarrassed that I chose this movie in retrospect. I'm no. like, I can't believe that I've told people that I like this. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Well, The Descent is a 2005 horror film about a group of women who decide to like... That's why I liked it. Girl power. Yeah. They're going <laughs> on this cave spelunking trip 
to like reaffirm their friendships after one of them, Sarah, has experienced the loss of her daughter. This and is definitely her a spoiler situation. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. Everyone. Okay. <laughs> every episode of Bloody Mary is full on spoilers. Okay. So they go to this cave to reaffirm their friendships. All hell breaks loose because Juno decides that they're going to go into an uncharted area and discover a new cave because she's got a crazy ego. She's wearing a red t-shirt. Red t-shirt. She wears a red Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, everything goes to hell. And beyond, you know, confronting deep-rooted emotional trauma in a small cramped space where they're lost and might die, as if that isn't enough, there's monsters that are going to eat them. So, yay. It is, it is a whole, it is an entire hour into like an hour and a half long movie mm-hmm. before we get to the monsters. Also, so you don't know about the monsters at all. Like, it is very shocking. Yeah. I just want to say, I think this movie was scary enough without the monsters. <laughs> like, oh, we're in a cave and our only exit just crumbled and we have limited gear and food and we're probably going to die down here. Yeah, that's enough for me. <laughs> but they had like some leftover orc costumes or something. <laughs> some Lord of the Rings production. They're like, what do we do with these? I know, cave monster movie. <laughs> so I'm curious, what made you choose The Descent? Because I remember watching it with mm-hmm. um, one of my uh, best buds, Caesar, and my now best friend, Madi. Madi, the shout out to Madi. And Ines, hi bud. That's my little goddaughter, niece now. I remember it was just so hilarious when we watched it. And Caesar's new roommate, Marty, had just moved in. And I'm like sitting next to my new friend, Marty, and my fingernails are almost entirely inside of his shoulder. Like, <laughs> during the movie, he's like, Caesar, your girl's gonna rip my arm off, bro. And I remember, like, I think maybe that was way funnier than the actual experience. I don't remember it being... It's quite a long movie. Like, there's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, like... This is just panning from one side of the room to the <laughs> other. I felt a lot of, like, urgency re-watching it mm-hmm. that I don't remember at all watching it I remember being like this is so scary yeah I texted you and at one point I just screamed out I fucking hate this yeah, I know I know I know I cannot guys listeners I cannot believe Kristen is like she's like a sadomasochist that she does this I just was like I can't believe you do this every week and she's like it's every month I only do it every month like so you know that this is a whole yeah it's better than dating oh you know, I know seriously the, the experiments that we put ourselves through just remind ourselves that we're alive no, that's, I mean, I'm very much grateful to be alive, and I had a lot of fun watching it again um, with my friend Omnia. Shout out, Omnia. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're my ride or die for watching that movie with me last night. It was getting so late, and I'm like, <laughs> we can turn this off. And she's like, no, we have to finish it. And I really liked that it was like, this is what happens if women want to go into the outdoors. They're going to die. In a cave. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, ladies. But they're all going to get mad at each other first. And the whole, like, we're friends. We like each other. Until we get stuck in a cave. You're a bitch, Holly. You're a bitch, Holly. Everyone yeah. turns. So there were some of those problematic themes and in the film. And Juno, the clear antagonist, is mm-hmm. uh, Asian. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I very much, I'm like, I'm her psycho. That's us, Omnia. We're psycho. Don't trust Asians. Well, also, I found, I was kind of like, 
really the only woman of color and you gotta make her and I don't I wonder if I even I must have we must have talked about that when we watched it the first time all those years ago but I don't really remember I just remember being more because it takes so long we didn't know about Mm -hmm. the cave monsters Mm -hmm. the first time that we watched it so when it really they really subtly trickle it in where it's just something moving and you're just they've created this hour long anticipation where you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen Mm-hmm. But I still thought that was great, too, because I thought that was an excellent metaphor for, like, sexual assault because it was, like, this creeping thing around and none of them believed each other. And at one point, when they all saw it, one of the women was like, yeah, I fucking told you. I told you all. <laughs> like, everyone Oh, my God, you just like... took it to a whole new level. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, <laughs> oh, not even, I mean, and anything, anything where it's, like, it's, Maybe the intuition also. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, then even um, specifically that situation where it's like, I'm sure I sensed and detected something. And I mean, Juno, again, we gotta say, Juno's real bad bitch. Okay? She's like stretching aggressively in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Well, also, she like kicks open the door around 6 a.m. and is like, Wake up! Wakey, like, wakey! Look at me woman. stretching! <laughs> But not just stretching, like pulls her ankle up over her head she's while like standing, standing on one foot. Just like, especially as someone with who's getting hip replacement surgery in a week. I'm just like, fuck you. You go, girl. <laughs> you show off. You're gonna. Speaking of, when is this podcast coming out? Uh, hopefully Wednesday. Okay, so you guys got to come to the uh, the Bad Stem show on Sunday. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the day before Kristen's uh, hip replacement surgery. Yeah. And I'm coming up on the three-year anniversary of my uh, the motorcycle accident, my botched broken leg that happened March 15, 2015, and the reason why I'm back in the U.S. and mm. why I'm doing stand-up now. So that's, mm-hmm. you guys come come check that out. Mm-hmm. But um, back to the movie. Speaking of broken legs. Speaking, oh, I mean, was it really uh. even? What what's the metaphor there? We've got these girls are trapped in a cave. Then one is like the funny one, and it's you see that where it's like funny women are annoying was the message <laughs> yeah, in the movie, actually. and will be eaten first <laughs> because mm-hmm. then she just goes nuts and starts running through these caves. Juno is actually not all bad, you know. Everybody's more complex than that. She's trying to calm her down, mm-hmm. stop her, and then Holly like gets sucks down some cave hole. And her leg snaps out of her body. Mm-hmm. I think it might have also been representative of the fact that she was trying to confront Juno's power within the group. Right. Mm, maybe. And now she's got a bone sticking out of her leg. And she gets sacrificed first. And she was so 90s, wasn't she? <laughs> she had this... I mean, the movie was very 90s. It felt I for, that way. I forgot that it wasn't... It's not an American film. Mm-hmm. So that is hilarious to me because it's this group of English women and we're going to America. We're going into the wilderness. North Carolina. We're going this to North weird. Carolina. It's good. Juno's got something. You know, and it's like Juno's the wild American Asian chick that's like got the book for the caving mm-hmm. and they all know how to do all the things. They're all like super duper experts like on belay, spelunking, all shit that I've done. Oh, wow. I was a big outdoors woman in uh, my college years in Indiana. 
And then I was like, God damn, this is a lot of white people. Yeah, I was never particularly interested in the outdoors. Like, I've watched horror movies from a very young age, and I know, like, that's where the fucked up shit happens. That's so funny to me. And that's one of the things that really irritates me about horror movies. Uh Because then you have people who are out in the wilderness when you're just used to living in caves and beaches, and they're like, oh, no, it's like something bad is going to happen. It's like, no, your mind's just been perverted by Hollywood. (laughs) In the media, that's not how the real world, there aren't like random guys with hockey masks just hiding out by peers. That's true, but I don't know. I feel like you hear about those cases a lot more in by peers. <laughs> no, I've always felt like cities were way more dangerous. I always felt much safer in the woods. Hmm. But now here I am in the city, and it's you know it's overwhelming. Well, it's I don't know if I ever have to be in the woods, I know to take you. Oh yeah, I know how to. I I don't know how to fill out a tax return, but I <laughs> sure know how to build a fire. Can you purify water? I, yes, I can. Okay, sweet. Yeah, okay. I have loads of water. I got really excited when she asked me that, you guys. <laughs> like, oh my god, I so know how to purify water. Iodine tablets. I've got a filter at home that I haven't used in years. Actually, you can mm. take mud water. Drink it. Survive. So leading into this cave expedition, I feel like the women had so many warnings kind of tossed at them. Such as? uh, The dead moose with the huge claw marks in it. And then when they get into the cave, there's There's like like blood. Blood and claw marks in a rock. And it's like, what is that? And they don't even, they're just like, oh. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. cave. That's nature. I mean, it's definitely a moment in the movie where uh-huh. the director's like, okay, cut to the bloody mark, and now back to how dope the cave is. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like those caves that they like army crawled through, have you done that? Not that small. Oh, good. Okay. But I have been <laughs> in very, very small space, and I've been in caves. I've done a lot of spelunking in southern Indiana and southern Illinois, and there's something that's incredible to be cradled by the womb of the earth you know and and caves are temperate also like it can be snowy and super cold outside and then you go like just a few feet into a cave and it's like the same something like 78 degrees all the time or something you guys can fact check me on that (laughs) and then when you come upon stalactites and stalagmites and just like little you know underground worlds so much has happened Oh, so much happens under the ground, too. I was a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle kid. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in the 80s, so... Mm-hmm. I, and it it wasn't scary to me, you know. But And I've been in cenotes, which is like sinkhole, um, lagoon type of structures in, in the Caribbean part of Mexico, where it's all this fresh water. So it's like water caves. And I've gone scuba diving one time, which was so terrifying. But I was with my friend, Vili, who's an incredible woman. And she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, this isn't normal. You're allowed to be scared. Mm. Go ahead. Do the, do the fear. Do the fear. Go into the fear. Are you good? Are you done now? All right, now let's go. And then I've gone, I've swam through into, like, darkness. And then you can see the light. But I was super scared. And the only reason I did it was because I was with Vili, who was holding my hand as we swam through. So what if Vili had told you that they had never been in this territory? And... I'd be like, bitch! Because <laughs> that's what Juno did. Yeah, yeah. Juno's tripping. Yeah. Juno is 
a disaster. You know, she needs to ground out. You know, mm-hmm. she needs to chill. She needs a little time out. You know, tune in. There's a point where Juno's got the book for the caves and the maps. She's got the maps, and she just ditches it in the car. Mm-hmm. And they make a very clear moment of that. Yeah, which is also, like, I felt such a, a powerful metaphor for bad organizing. Like, you're not including your team in your plan or even bringing the resources you need for your plan. You're just going to go with your own gut. Go ahead. Go with your gut, but have the resources mm-hmm. as a backup. You know, celebrate yeah. that. Like, I had the book with me, and we didn't even need to use it. Yeah. Because I followed my... But don't worry. I would never put you guys in that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. Because that's like, you know, once you're out of the circle of trust, it's hard. But she was already out, wasn't she? She was. Because she was hooking up with Holly's man. Yeah, which was done so subtly in the film. I feel like you had to like read the reviews to figure that out. Yeah, that's kind of what I like more about like non-American films. Yeah. Because I feel like American films sometimes are very spoon-fed. Like if this was an American film, it would have to be like... More formula. Sarah, I'm fucking your husband. (laughs) (laughs) You... Bitch, I knew you were fucking my husband. <laughs> yeah, but this I should have known. It was way more subtle, and you really did have to like look at the awkward moments, the awkward hand holding, the awkward like him helping her out of the water, and that feels more like real life too. Because like if someone's having an affair, you're not like that is hilarious to me <laughs> that you say that because like the interactions between the women were so artificial. So mm. artificial. And all these characters were so dispensable. You're rewatching, yes. and you're like, who cares I, about I any of these women? notes out of who was who. And even then, you're like, okay, those two are obviously just going to die. There's nobody, like, you don't care about mm-hmm. anybody, you know? Which was just, so disappointing funny. about this film because, like, it had the potential to be great because it, like, totally blew the Bechtel test away, you know? Like, you have a film about six women. Yeah. Like, I can't even think of another movie like that. I mean, that's that's definitely what... And the the man is in it for like two seconds. That is a shocking, gruesome death within the first two minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. Which is very over the top. I mean, why weren't those poles secured? Yeah. And when I was looking at the accident scene after, I'm like, where did those poles even, even come, come from? from? Like, how does this even make any sense? <laughs> Who comes up with these ideas? We're like, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's not about sense. It's just about sensation. Copper <laughs> looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, make it copper. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm just going to like, you know, great sound effects with like the brain squelching out mm-hmm. of the back of his head or whatever. Oh, dear God. And then it was all ladies and it was kind of like, cool. They were all very smart and resourceful and knew mm-hmm. how to do stuff. They pulled traction on Holly's broken leg. Oh, yeah. And like, give her something to bite down on. And then they were, like, making magic fire in the cave out mm-hmm. of nothing. She clicked two carabiners together. <laughs> She's magic. <laughs> fire. I was like, so awesome. It was. You know, I feel like I would have been a big help if I had been there. Yeah. <laughs> I would have not. <laughs> no. Christian, you would have been freaking out. I would have been doing weird clitoris citrus jokes. <laughs> To calm you down. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You're going to listen to this fucking joke. You love this joke. That'll bring you into the now and relax you. (laughs) Listen to the fucking joke. I had to rewatch it three times to try and figure out what she was saying. And then I just had to Google it because I couldn't understand her. But the joke is, 
how do you make a lemon have an orgasm? And it's you tickle their citrus and then everyone loses their minds. Like, it's so funny. And me too. We didn't know what she said Mm -mm. and we were watching it pirated from the internet though and it was one of those things where it's like anytime you click on it even just to pause it then you're getting a bunch of windows opening so we're like who cares oh wow you risked the health of your computer to watch this movie huh oh did we (laughs) really i mean we watched on a mac i watched on putlocker i watch on putlocker all the time it's just a lot of i mean maybe yeah i don't know maybe it's full of viruses now it's full of crap movie transmitted diseases So I think the number one theme that jumped out at me in this movie is definitely the idea of competition between women. Um, Oh, yeah. And specifically in the beginning, I feel there's a scene that really foreshadows the end, and that is when Beth comforts Sarah in the hospital after she wakes up, and they have this moment of, like, sharing and, like, her comforting her after the death of her child and her husband. And because of this bond they have, I I think Sarah believes Beth was murdered when Juno finds her. And they have that moment. And that act gives her the strength to kill Juno in a way later that saves herself in one of the endings. <laughs> but like essentially, there's so many moments of this throughout the film where you're just seeing women throw each other under the bus. And it's like... And it's like Damn. a man definitely directed this. Yeah. I mean, I felt that, and now I've just checked it. And um, Neil Marshall, if you guys are familiar with his work, okay. I am not. But it does sound like one of those familiar names. And um, there's no... Because it's like there's no there's no solution in mm-hmm. that kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, okay, we have to fragment reality and truth and, you know... What are we supposed to feel sympathy, empathy, something for Juno? Because like she's another victim, where she's mm-hmm. the one who was having the affair with the husband, and then she, her lover died also, and she can't even grieve mm-hmm. because she's actually wronging her friend. Yeah, and, so, and the other very prominent theme that jumped out at me: this film feels like it's about trauma and constantly not being able to process trauma and then being pushed into another horrific situation and I think that is ultimately that's why Juno stabs Beth because she's so panicked and doesn't know what's going on that she is just in attack mode right and then holy shit that pickaxe went through her neck and that was terrible that was so weird I mean Mm -hmm. it was like such a gruesome accident also Juno is kind of badass I mean, she was, like, taking out all these cave monsters mm-hmm. that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they... Okay, they only operate on sound, but then at one point... Okay, so you've got these cave monsters, and in theory, the cave monsters are blind and can't smell either. And what? Like, then you would think that they would be really, really sensitive to touch and mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm touching something right now. I know that that's it's warm. alive. Mm-hmm. But instead... The ones like crawling all over one of the girls. I thought that was such a fucking good metaphor for like you experience trauma and you still have to like go to your job and do this. And like here is this thing walking on her face. Like and, and she crawling has to pretend all over like you. it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. We do that all the time. We're just we got weird energetic cave monsters crawling all over us. 
all the time and it's like, get over it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? I don't feel any feelings. <laughs> Where are you feeling feelings? It's like, okay, I mean, it's like literally I can, there's a cave monster crawling on me right now, but I just have to stay quiet about it. You know, and that it's ridiculous, ridiculous that she, because those are her friends also. Who's Juno got? It's such a weird, we don't know anything about any backstory of these girls. Just that they're friends, they know each other somehow. The ones having the affair, and then the ones like the diplomat, the cool girl who's friends with both, who then gets stabbed in the throat, and then turns on her. Mm-hmm. Juno doesn't even kill her properly. Yeah, she just leaves her there, and she like puts something over her, like, okay. Shh. And then she's like, don't trust Juno. Yeah. <laughs> the should definitely be dead girl mm-hmm. says to the one who lost her husband and daughter in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then she comes alive. She's like, I'm oh, I got some spree. shit to talk. <laughs> I got some, I got some feelings to mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. I'm about to process. <laughs> so I guess what disappointed me most about this movie is just the idea that, like you were saying, all the interactions between them feel artificial, and their friendships, like when it comes down to it, their friendships are not empty. good. Empty, yes. And for me, I've always felt like, especially as I get older, the strongest friendships I have are with my women friends. Hmm. So I just, I, I don't know, I guess I couldn't relate to a lot of the characters. I mean, no, you can't relate... To anybody. You just you relate to the idea of like, cool, this is six women going on an adventure. Let's see what happens. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman supporting women. And then you're like, oh, God, this is like women through the lens of a man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so stupid and crap. And it's like, it's still funny, though. I mean, I had a great time watching it. And that's kind of what I'm going more for. In a movie, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and it's it's different now because everything, you know, we have this responsibility and we're supposed to be conscious beings, you know, and I can give a really good example of that. Like I saw The Greatest Showman recently. What's that? If you, it's this um, Wolverine. What's his name? Oh, he's so beautiful. Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. And he tells the story of um, P.T. Barnum, hmm. who created, you know, Barnum and Bailey, Greatest Show on Earth, Circus, mm-hmm. and the dude was pretty sketchy very controversial guy very controversial guy but there was two sides of me watching the movie the one side where i'm like i love this oh my god these songs and dance are great and i'm just enjoying myself watching a movie because i feel like there's so many bad movies out there Mm -hmm. just feeling yourself liking a movie is refreshing you know it's like oh my god i actually i'm enjoying watching this but at the same time you're like this is such a terrible story Mm. and this is so terribly done and now Unfortunately, Hollywood, you've created another white savior narrative where we're seeing like all these black and brown, literally freaks who are like, we were just freaks before you, PT. You believed in us. Don't leave us. Please don't leave us. And then you're like, ah, I must hate this movie. I won't tell anyone that I enjoyed watching it. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that I enjoyed. <laughs> I went with my parents, you know, my sisters there, and like, oh my god, it was some good song and dance. You know, my Bollywood side. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, great dances. <laughs> Is that CGI? I love CGI. 
God. Not so much the racist paternalistic narrative, but the dancing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I feel like as you get older, we learn to separate things out and appreciate what we can, you know? You know, and try to stay woke. Yeah. <laughs> it's tiring. We need naps sometimes. You know? Yeah. It's hard <laughs> Just... to always... Enjoy the descent. This is terrible. This is a stupid movie. <laughs> All right, back to being woke. <laughs> descent so bad. Oh my god! And I had so much fun watching it the first time. You know, because like that's the point of scary movies that you want to be scared. You're like, I want to go on a little ride. Yeah, this Watch one had this. no pressure release though. No. It just kept getting worse. It just kept getting worse. And then you just waited. You're like, is it over yet? You're like, what ending? Okay. And I saw the Mm -hmm. original ending Mm -hmm. where um, they just all die. Mm -hmm. And the one chooses, you know, and that that was a big metaphor for me where she's like heaven or hell. It's It's a perception. It's up to you. How do you relate to your environment? And this chick, what's her name? Not how the... Sarah. Sarah. The protagonist, who's lost her husband and son in the beginning, she goes all AWOL. And she could just, like, die together with Juno. Mm-hmm. But she's like, no, Juno, you are my personal living hell. I'm going to kill you while actually stab you in the leg yeah, so that you can get Maybe taken out by the demons. Bait. And I'm just going to go a few feet over there <laughs> with my magic fire and trip out and, like, visualize my daughter as I last remember her. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to die. And she dies, like, kind of really blissed out. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Good job. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then that song, Sisters, I do for themselves. Uh, you know, that, so that is the, I think, the English ending. And then the American ending is that Sarah gets out and is in the truck and gets away, happy ending, but then in the passenger seat, there is the ghost of Juno. And I feel like that's there to represent that she will always be haunted by the memory of what she did to Juno and left her there to die so she could escape. But I like the ending Sonal described so much more. Oh, yeah, that's crap. That's, yeah. I don't need happy endings. I'm not a baby. I mean, it's hilarious, too. Like, you made us sit through this whole movie... Just for everyone to die anyway? And yeah. there's some mountain full of cave monsters out there? Oh, God. Sarah's daughter coming to her, I think... I mean, aside from the terror of claustrophobia and the terror of these bat vampire monsters, that was really scary, too. This is just this creepy little kid in the darkness with cake. It's <laughs> terrifying. With cake. Birthday cake. Yeah, there was nothing like happy place about that memory. You know, it was just like another haunting, you know, because it's like that was all it was like time was frozen in that moment. That's where her life ended. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, my little, you know, I mean, yeah, that's it. Oh, must be horrible being a a parent and losing a child. God. Oh, just being a parent. Or just being a parent. (laughs) Having them around. Get rid of them. Go caving with your girlfriends. <laughs> you know, go for an adventure. Live free. Bring you your uh, love every day necklace. But bring the book. Yeah, bring your books. With the map. So were there any other themes that jumped out at you in this movie? 
What did we cover? Comedy is annoying, and you'll get you killed first. Mm-hmm. Don't be funny. Don't be a funny woman. Don't be funny in and don't challenge situations. power. Do not challenge power. Just take it. Mm-hmm. Unless you need to leave your friend to die so you can try and escape. Very interesting, <laughs> very interesting, actually, theme there of surrender. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, we just have to stay relaxed and get through this together. And um, Beth, the one that gets ice picked in the throat, you know, she she's, she's very cool. She's kind of somebody to root for. Mm-hmm. And I think that it irritated me that she got taken out. Yeah, because she was there for Sarah in the beginning, and she was a voice throughout the film that was, like, trying to bring people together. And not that bad acting, mm-hmm. really. The acting was fine. It was just the movie mm-hmm. it was terrible. <laughs> Direction of the, oh my God, the panning. So oh, much panning. Also, my favorite part of Beth's death is, do you remember the last thing she says? No. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So like, ladies, oh God, that remember, idea. we are born in shame. We die in shame. We're always sorry. Say you're sorry. Say it. Mm, Like, really? That's the last thing this character says? Sorry. (sighs) Why do we have to be goddesses of birth and destruction? Just say you're sorry, okay? (laughs) Stop birthing stuff. I forgot because, again, we couldn't really hear, and we were just Mm -hmm. trying to decipher what is she saying because there's a reveal happening. Mm -hmm. She's revealing this necklace that's like... Because she was the one, she was the voice that kept the team together. And then mm-hmm. she was like, nope, Juno should not be trusted. Which yeah. is like, okay, this is kind of bad timing to tell me because we probably need each other. Yeah, and it to was get more complicated than that, really. It's not like she was plotting to kill Beth, it was just an accident. It was yeah. just an accident. Mm-hmm. Poor Juno, she's having a tough time too. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's representative of the idea that we have to forgive our friends and listen, yeah? Surrender. Mm hmm. I like that. We're always going to, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. The more comfortable we can get being uncomfortable. You know, sometimes your friends fuck your husband and accidentally stab your other friend with an ice pick. And, and then you're trapped in a cave with them. And you got to listen. You with know? cave monsters, you got to listen to that inner voice. You have a decision to make there. Take that bitch out. So you have a few minutes to trip out thinking about your creepy daughter. Mm-hmm. So what are your favorite parts of this movie? I really like the scene in the beginning where they're supposed to be like cool girlfriends yeah in the, the cabin. beautiful cabin mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I love the idea of that and just how shallow and useless the dialogue is mm-hmm. and at one point Beth walks in and everyone starts laughing and you don't even know why and you have to figure like oh they're laughing at her pajamas mm-hmm. I know that because she said they were a Christmas present mm-hmm. stop you guys are terrible. <laughs> but it's so like, and you're kind of, and there's this like underlying little sexual tension. Right? There, yeah. because there's six chicks mm-hmm. stuck in a earth vagina <laughs> cave. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Somebody grab somebody. I know. I, I thought two of the women were a couple, but actually, I mean, Rebecca, Holly was definitely yeah, <laughs> 90s gay. You get those Jinko jeans on. So cute. Yeah. But Rebecca and Sam were actually sisters. I thought they were a couple, but. Where the hell were they from? 
The know. other girls, you mean. The ones that were like, we need to pull traction on her leg. Yeah. I didn't even know what their names were. Yeah, I know. I had to like make a detailed list. You know, one of my favorite parts in this film is just like the few rare interactions where they do work together and make it happen. Uh, like the scene where they, they get across the ceiling of the cave. And, you know, there are some small moments of That was some spectacular triumph. grunting. Like, that was the most <laughs> sexual spelunking. <laughs> She's like, ah, 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 ah. Like, what? what are, just get the fucking So maybe Caribbean. this movie is actually a bigger metaphor for something else. Uh, and I loved like that because... Exploring women's sexuality. They're getting... They're like, nobody's been down here. Look at this. <laughs> this is a hundred-year-old piece of equipment. And even if they had made it out, the cave would have a name. It'd be some white dude. Why are we a bunch of chicks down here? <laughs> Get out of here. Trying to name a cave. All the caves have been named. <laughs> Thanks to the men. You know, those are the kind of spins mm-hmm. that you put on stuff, though. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you choose to view things through, like, your fun feminist lens, and then sometimes your raging, angry feminist lens. Mm-hmm. No, ladies, stay at home. <laughs> Do not go out into the outdoors. Especially not together. You're just going to turn on each other. What is your final summation now, rewatching it like 10, what is it, 12 years later? Final thoughts on The Descent? Um, also on the viewing experience, I just think it's so interesting that who you are depends on when you are and where mm-hmm. you are. You know, and we all have that experience of watching a movie and being like, this is the best movie ever. You totally need to see this movie. And then you watch it again in a different setting with different people and you're like, this is not like I remember it at all. You know, and I think that that's a good reminder for everything mm-hmm. in our lives that we remember things with an emotional timbre with a with an emotional quality also you know and it's like that's how it went down it's like well maybe it depends on how i was feeling that day and how i was with also and why i'm reacting this way Mm -hmm. you know that was a good kind of i feel like that happens a lot versus you watch other movies and you're like nope just as good as the first time doesn't matter Mm -hmm. who we're with this is a quality movie and um yeah final summation if you're in a girl gang you know just go out for brunch like normal people (laughs) Do not go spelunking <laughs> unless it's a cave that's already been discovered and established. Yeah. I, I love that summation that you gave because I had the same experience recently with the craft. Oh, yeah. Like, watched that when I was a teenager. It was like, fuck yeah, girl power. And then rewatched it again and was like, oh, this is terrible. And like, so problematic. Yeah. And I think I was just excited as a younger person to see women in roles, you know? And she's got that cool cocaine necklace. <laughs> and you're like, I want to do cocaine. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, yuck. Ugh, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I've done cocaine like two times a day. I felt the same pretty much. I'm really hyped all the time. <laughs> no comment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this will come out later this week. Oh um, God, what do you want to so plug? Um, I want to plug our show. Kristen oh, and I yeah. are doing the show on Sunday. And I already talked about it, so I plugged that already. So mm-hmm. Be at Cafe Mustache in Logan Square. In Chicago, United States mm-hmm. of America. Oh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. This country. Six o'clock. Six o'clock, and we're going to be out of there by eight. 
Yeah. It'd so be you a can, nice early evening show. Yeah, you can go, you know, live your life and bless up your body a lot. Yeah, we've got a ton of fun comics talking about like nerve damage, breaking legs, brain injuries. And all this observing yeah. sensation yes. stuff. Yes, tons of stuff. Our own personal horror movies <laughs> and how we've gotten lots of comedy out of them. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's a lot going on comedy-wise, so you guys can check me out on the old Instagram I guess, Razor underscore Bliss. It's like a whole movement, you know, you gotta cut the bullshit. Mm, Razor yeah. up your bliss. And we'll have the link to your Instagram and your Twitter in the write-up for the episode, as well as the movie that you were in. That's really cool. Oh yeah, you guys gotta check that um, out. And That's not scary. That's a fun code movie. Code Switch, too, right? Oh yeah, Code Switch, web series that is in um, production and filming right now. So it's gonna be coming out in the future, but mm-hmm. I, have, I have no idea. When, but it's a project involving a lot of Chicago talent, and I'm really, really excited to be part of. Yeah, it looks really fun. Um, sweet. So we'll have all those links for you, and it's been great having you on the podcast. That's been Sonal. I've been Kristen, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>